Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So I'm asking you here uh, what kind of team the Edmonton Oilers have. And we're getting a lot of responses. Like, how good of a team we are? It's 12.34 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer joining you in Oilers now, along with Brendan Escott. Two quick texts before we bring aboard the big man, Louis DeRusk, and ask him the same question. This texter comes in out of Edmonton and says, I sense the Oilers team truly plays as a team. They're looking out for each other. They have chemistry, and that might be the most important thing. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Top five goalie this season, top power play, Top penalty kill, top scorer, top scoring defenseman, et cetera, et cetera, ready to go for the cup. Uh, and again, you can keep texting us at any time. There are some of you that are concerned about, uh, Jay says at the end, if the NHL called the games according to the rule book, the orders would be a cup contender right now. And another texter says, how do you think the Oilers would fare against a team like Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders, or Boston if they were to meet them in the finals? Uh, uh, well, I guess only time will tell in that regard. Without further ado, because we've kept them on the line waiting for 58 seconds too long, we welcome aboard our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back Louis DeBrasse. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Beautiful weather today in Edmonton. Yes. You can't complain about that. And, uh, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Louie, uh, the Oilers have got the third best winning percentage in the league since January 30th. So just so anybody thinks, you know, yeah, but guys out there, there's no yeah, buts here. That's a 46-game uh, uh a series of games for Edmonton, 32-12-2 over the last 46 games. The only two teams that are better are Colorado and Vegas. We all know Colorado and Vegas are two of the top clubs in the league. Um, they've also benefited from playing in an easy division. Some have said the North has been an easy division. I would suggest every division's got some weaker teams. Uh, that said, I'd say Edmonton's a good team. I don't know you know, if they're quite on the level of Colorado or Vegas or an elite team. What say you, Mr. DeBrusque? Well, you know what? I guess we'll find out. You know, that, that that's the whole thing. I mean, this year with the divisional play, it's pretty hard to compare yourself to other teams in other divisions. But in this division, they're the second-best team this year. They've gotten better progressively as the season has gone on, which I think every team wants to do. And, you know, their, their record shows it. They haven't lost two in a row in over two months. You know, I mean, that stat in itself for me just shows the improvement of this team. I don't know who the last listener was there or the, the person that emailed in and said they're playing like a team, but I agree 100% with them. Um, that's been the the message right from the start of last year at the start of the year where Dave Tippett took over, and that was what he was trying to implement. The coaching staff was trying to get people to buy in and have that accountability, and I think what you're hearing now is the accountability for the players. They're speaking the same message as this coach, and when that happens, you know that they are on board, you know that they're understanding, and that's the most crucial thing is to be on the same page heading into the postseason. Um, for me, you know, I look at it and I say, anytime you have a McDavid and a Dreisaitl, a one-two punch that's led the National Hockey League is scoring two years in a row now, and they've finished one and two. Um, 
for me, that makes you an elite team. I'm sorry. That makes you a team that you always have to be aware of, and that's why Edmonton typically gets the best game from the opposition because they look over and they see those two guys and they say, listen, if we're sleeping tonight, they're going to eat us up, so we better be ready. They get played hard. They get played aggressive. And even through all of that, the Oilers as a team have pushed back this year, weathered storms, and I think progressively gotten better. So would I call them an elite team? Yes, I do believe they're an elite team. Um, for two years in a row now, they finished in a playoff position at the end of the regular season. And you know what? Listen, it's 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 a different animal in the playoffs. It's a, it's a whole different season, and I think that everybody understands that. But I think you really have to appreciate what they've done in the last two years and how they've continually built forward to be a team-oriented team. They're getting great goaltending. They have two elite superstars on their team. Um, Darnell Nurse has emerged as one of the best defensemen in the game, you know, overall in his capacity, what he brings to the table. And they have a great support cast, too. They have some guys that are filling in roles and, and you know what, making it much more difficult to play against them. We'll see how that translates into playoff hockey because, as we mentioned, this is it's a whole different animal. It's exciting. It's high tempo. But... If anything shows me, you look at the game on Saturday night where Connor McDavid put up four points right from the get-go in that game. Um, one of the things that I've seen him change over the years is he's been very selective in the times that he wants to attack. He doesn't just, you know, early in his career, it was almost every time he picked up the puck, he was going to try and walk somebody, he was going to try and do something with it. I think now as a mature player, he, he picks his spots accordingly. He picks his spots at the right time. There's another level to Connor McDavid. I know that's really hard to believe with what he's done in the last 15 games, but there is another level there. There's another level to Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Every single player on that team, there's another level that you get to in the playoffs. I'm kind of excited to see what brings out in them because I think you're seeing a team that's on the verge of believing that just getting to the playoffs isn't good enough. They want to go further. Louis DeRoss joining us. Louis, just to put things in perspective on the growth of the team over the last two years, in 2018-19, that was the combination of the McClellan-Hitchcock season, 2.79 goals for, that was 20th, 3.31 goals against, that's 25th. That 3.31 goals against, they're now at 3.31 goals per game, which is 7th in the league this year, and they're down to 2.73 goals against which is 10th. They basically flipped those numbers as they progressed and built their team over the last two seasons. So it's it's pretty interesting. They've had You mentioned the special teams. The power play is 2% higher now than any other PP in the league. Um, we'll get to the build, and here's the thing. I, wanna, I just want to ask you this because i I got to get to it. As a former player, did you have empathy for the position that the Oilers players were in yesterday where they weren't pulling a bunch of guys out, but they were playing that game, whereas Montreal had a bunch of, uh, you know, it, it was it was a really sloppy game from Edmonton. Dave Tippett said that after the game, and there were some guys that had some tough games, but how, diffi- how difficult is that for when you're home and cooled like the Oilers were for that game, how difficult is that for Edmonton's players in that situation? It's very difficult. And listen, um, I've been on both sides of that. I've been on the side where I've been one of the guys that's playing against a stack team, and I've been on a stack team playing against a team that is resting players. Both situations are difficult, but I do think it's easier for the opposite, for the team like Montreal last night that, you know what, listen, you got a bunch of young guys that are mega excited to be playing a game in the NHL. And that's what you know gets forgotten in all this, is that these guys are still getting games. This is still the National Hockey League. So for 
you know, a guy like Yessa Yelonen, who played his first game last night, who I played with his dad, Yuhan Phoenix, um, which is great to see him get out there and get a game. Congratulations to him. He, listen, he's, this is a big moment for him. So he's got energy. He's got, you know, he's fired up before the game, and that resonates in the room. Young Cole Caulfield, I mean, this is a guy that's just getting his, you know, getting his feet wet, you know. So anything that happens to him is just so powerful that you can't help but have it rub off, rub off on the players around you, and they were motivated, and it showed. Edmonton, yes, I thought they were sloppy to start the game, you know, didn't really have their legs going, but still found a way to win the game and kind of hung through it, so I think they got what they needed out of the game. It is very difficult, though. It's The professional hockey players are still going out there to play, but make no mistake about it. Connor, Leon, their ice times were down. Well, Leon's ice time got up by the end of the game over, over 20 minutes, but Connor was right around 16 minutes, 15 minutes, somewhere in there, you know, kind of pulled back the reins a little bit by Dave Tippett, rolling four lines, getting everybody involved. You're just trying to finish out the season, number one, healthy, and number two, just having the right mindset moving forward. We all know, like, and if you look at the goals against, and listen, it's, you know, the, the top line was dash three, the first game versus Montreal. And last night in the game, again, you know, you, you look at those types of situations, I'm not worried about them when it comes to the next stage. I'm not worried about them at all. It is positive to see the bottom six starting to form into a good chemistry, starting to work things on the ice five on five, starting to manufacture chances, starting to ground and pound. You know, for me, that's going to be the more important issue going into the playoffs. Uh, I think they're pretty pretty set in what they're going to get from the top guys in the top two lines. They've done it all year long. They know exactly how they're going to play, what they're going to bring to the table. For me, it's about defending. For me, it's about playing the right way. And for me, it's about playing assertive and aggressive. And, you know, that's something that, I mean, Dave Tippett has, has preached and the coaching staff has, has been preaching for two years now. And it shows in their play. So, listen, getting back to the original question, yeah, it's a tough game to play. You go through the motions a bit. You're wanting the regular season to end because you're playing for the playoffs. But at the same time, you don't want to let your guard down too much because that's when bad things can happen. Louis, uh, Jake plays for Boston, and the other night Boston played Washington. And when I took a look at who they didn't have dressed, it reminded me of the Saturday Night Live skit back in 1994 during the baseball lockout slash strike that occurred. They did a skit where uh, you can join Major League Baseball players on a cruise, and they listed all all 750 players that were striking at the time, or however many it was, it started off slowly, and then it picked up pace, and this guy, this guy, and then boom, they started naming only four spots left on the cruise, joined 750 uh, players. It always made me, it's one of the funniest skits of all time. But Boston sat 16 guys the other night against mm-hmm. Washington. The mm-hmm. Oilers don't, do not have the cap flex. I'm not even well, sure how Boston... I was Boston... going to say, because they could. You know, right. they did that because they can. Right. And um, there's I, a lot but... of different situations for different teams. All right. And here's where I'm going to go with this, Lou. Edmonton, if, if guys don't play Saturday, they're not going to play for a week. And Edmonton's got a little bit younger team than Boston. And you can't tell a player, you know, like, the way they're wired, they're going to want to play. What do you think's going to happen roster-wise on Saturday if the likes of... McDavid, Drysaddle, Nurse, Barry, Nugent Hopkins. Well, it's only three days off, really, but you're right. If they don't play after this game, it'll be a week for those players. I, I, I honestly think they are going to play. I really do. I, I just, I could be wrong. Maybe there's a last-minute judgment call to rest players, but 
I, I just think they're looking at it as a final tune-up. You know, get the reps you need to get in. There's a 12, 15 minutes for, for Connor and Leon just to make sure they're in a game rhythm, game routine, getting up in the morning, morning skate, coming to the rink. It's just staying in that rhythm. Um, I can tell you. Uh, you heard Connor talk about earlier in the year. He likes to play. You know, he always seems to get better at the end of the season, always seems to go on a tear because he's in the flow, he's in the rhythm of the game, and I think any player would tell you that, that that's when you feel your best. You feel your best when you're in that game mode and you're just not thinking about anything else. The practices nowadays just aren't that demanding. I mean, this is the best time of year to play. There's no question. This is this is by far, this is what it's all about. It's about the game. It's about preparation. It's about minor little adjustments you're going to make to things, and you just go out there and you get into rhythm of playing games. And I, I don't think Dave Tippett's, telling tales here i think that he truly does think that guys want to play they want to finish the season they want to be in the rhythm and he's gonna you know judge that accordingly to how he sees fit to having the best product on the ice wednesday night when they start against the winnipeg jets connor mcdavid 35 points in his last 13 games, 13 games. did you see that happen anymore <laughs> louis in the nhl <laughs> nah this is i mean it, it, it's, it's laughable what he's doing right now and i mean he, he only played 15 minutes last night. He still had a couple points. It's just, and he wasn't even out there in overtime. They put Cahoon out there, and guess what? Cahoon scores on a beautiful pass by Dreisaitl. It's, you know, elite talent. It's just, uh, it's fun to watch. It really is. We've all been blessed to watch it on a nightly basis here in Edmonton, but just I think around the league, the talent level is elevated because of how good the players have gotten. You have to. You have to adjust. You have to get better because of the likes of, you know, Sidney Crosby hands the torch off to, you know, Patrick Kane, who led the league a few years ago. I mean, he dazzles. Connor McDavid comes in. Leon Dreisaitl, Kucherov in Tampa Bay. Every single team is judging themselves against the best in the league. And you're always trying to chase that and always trying to become that. And that's what makes the league that much better. So I just think it's at the best it's ever been as skill-wise is concerned. And yet Connor McDavid is still separating himself um, by a pretty – hefty margin the way he's played at the end here not surprising really that much because we've seen him do so many great things in this first 100 point season he had a 14 game point streak to finish off the year in game 82 with two assists against the Canucks to get his first 100 point season people that complain that and say it's only because it's divisional playing he's playing against the same teams all year long by the way I mean he's put up 400 point seasons now so the 97 and 64 I mean come on that's easily another 100 point season for him um I just, this is just what he's done. He's, collect, he's he's continually gotten better. You hear about that drive. You hear about what he puts in the work to become better every single year. And it shows. It just shows on the ice. You know, that, that, that work ethic off the ice translates to on the ice. And I think that's his, his biggest asset is that drive and the ability to just make sure he has that mentality building to every season and just trying to be better. And that's uh, what the great ones always do have is that desire to become better every year. Louis, he's got 1.6 points per game his last three seasons. Like he's got 317 points over 196. That's what I'm saying. Like we're, you know, he's on all time list of the quickest of 500 points in an era where I believe it's the hardest to put up points. So, like, I mean, that in itself is astronomical. I, I just think that that's incredible in itself. But. Yeah, when we when we bring up records right now, and Leon is no different. I mean, the way he's been ripping up things the last couple of years too. I, when you look at the pace that they're on and what they're doing, we're we're comparing them to the '95, '96 Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, with Lemieux, Yager, Stevens. I mean, these guys are you know they're doing things that haven't been done in a long time, and 
that just goes to show you the the caliber of game they're bringing to the table each and every night. And therefore, getting back to the original question when we started talking, are they an elite team or aren't they? When you have a McDavid Dreisaitl on your team, yeah, you're an elite team. Sorry, I mean, it's the same thing. It's no different than Crosby Malkin. And I know we've compared them to those two for ever since they stepped into the league, and rightfully so, because they've won Stanley Cups. They've built around that core. Yes, they had their Latang. Yes, they had goaltending and flurry. You know, listen, that's what Edmonton's trying to build around, and they're starting to put those pieces together, and you're seeing players emerge. We talked about Darnell Nurse again this year, and I'm really impressed with that step. I am. I'm impressed with... You know, for me, Darnell's always been a physical specimen. He's always been able to withstand and play heavy minutes. For me, it's the the poise. You know, for me now, that's the last thing to come into place for the defenseman is, is polishing that off and making the right plays at the right time, having the patience to make a crucial play under pressure. We look at his shot totals this year. I mean, he's always shot the puck a lot, but now he's dialing that in. There's more precision on that shot. It's a better executed shot, and they're going in the net. He's finding the back of the net more often, career high for him. I just think... That's all part of the progression. I just I think every day when you're practicing with elite players, you you have to elevate to a certain level and it brings the best out in everybody. Final one for you, total curveball. Have you seen Son of Sam on Netflix yet? <laughs> you know what? I actually watched the the um trailer? Uh what's it called? The trailer for it the other day. I've I've seen some documentaries on the Son of Sam. Yes I have. What what are you watching that right now? I I I'm gonna keep you up at night if you start watching that. I blasted through I got through it in one night, man. It's four episodes uh and let's just let's just say I, you know, I'd heard this inference before out there that that might not have been quite as clean and tidy in terms of the way the New York City Police Force made it out to be way back in the 70s. And this documentary lends itself to taking us down that path that, okay, there's probably was some other things going on that maybe they didn't want out there. Well, so it's it, just, it just goes to show you how difficult it was to close out a case like that especially randomly the way he was going about his business. And, uh, you know, you and I talk about this stuff all the time. I'm, I'm, you know, to me, it's, I'm always interested in that cat and mouse. I'm always interested in how they, they put together the game plan and try and figure out and catch these people, because I just think it's remarkable that type of work, but, and also trying to get into the mindset, um, you know, and, and here's the thing. There just wasn't the collaboration there is today. There wasn't right. computers. There wasn't the instant information that they could, DNA. They could absorb. And, yeah, DNA, all that kind of stuff. Scientifically and just personally, I mean, it was beat cops. It was guys going around doing their job, working the streets, working people, talking to people. That's how they got their information. That's how they got their tips. They followed it up, which was, you know. I mean, listen, I just it's just really difficult. But I, I, I've been watching a few of those, and I'll certainly, uh, I'm sure, Cindy and I'll watch that one and, and take that in because it is fascinating to me, and I, I just think it's it just goes to show you how much it's changed and how much it's improved. But back then, it was a whole different animal. No question about that. Great stuff, Louie. We'll see you at the rink on Saturday. All right, take care. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, that's Louis DeBrusque. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. We will tell you that guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open for takeout and delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Eltoff will take care of you at Roos Chris. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. When we come back in Oilers now, we'll get to some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and bang off the Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet.
Thanks, James. We gotta we gotta stop having Mark Spector text the show. This is right up Mark Spector Alley on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at twelve fifty four. The Oilers playoffs last year, the best players that showed up was the bottom D pairing and the bottom six. So no pundits or us Jack Wagons fans won't know what we have till the puck drops in the playoffs. Then the texter goes on to say, but outside of McDavid Drysaddle, uh, I believe he means Paulie Yarvey, Barry Larson, Nurse and Smith, there hasn't been anyone who's shown us another level yet this season, fingers crossed. This is where I remind you that Connor McDavid had nine points in four games, that McDavid Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins had 21 points in four games. Um, the Oilers had some challenges in their middle six forwards with some, some they didn't get much out of guys like Athens CU. Innes got hurt. Uh, Zach Cassian was a non-factor guy that had a tremendous playoff in 16-17. I would agree the top four had some tough moments. As we found out, Oscar Clefbaum was obviously dealing with something. Uh, Adam Larson not near on the level that he's at right now. I think it's fair to say that Chris Russell might have been the Oilers' best defenseman last year in the playoffs, which didn't necessarily bode well. I think that uh, Ethan Bear and, and Kyder Yamamoto, you saw the difference between regular season and playoffs. And the Oilers had a sub-8.70 save percentage in, in goal. So when you lose a couple one-goal games in a short series, that can happen. However, this impression that the Oilers' top players weren't good, they were productive. You want top players not being good, take a look at Tampa Bay when they lost to Columbus the year before. Clu- uh, Tampa Bay was a much deeper team than Edmonton, a team that won over 60 games. Their top three forwards, their top line, uh, Nikita Kucherov, along with Braden Point and Steven Stamkos, in that series against Columbus, in four games combined, had five points. The Oilers' top three forwards had 21 points in four games. That was enough to win the series. But keep texting us at any time, 780-496-0063. Mr. C. <laughs> wow. Happy days ahead, says Mr. C. Now, is that a, I don't know, uh, Anyhow, for those of you that remember uh, Happy Days and uh, Mr. C. Cunningham, I don't think Tyson Berry is getting enough credit from fans and sports media. Highest points and decent defensively, getting the puck up to the forwards, but we are always talking about Nurse. Nurse is great all over the ice for sure. Tyson Berry has picked his spot, and he has made it count, and he's going to get paid. Uh, I'll be really intrigued to see what his camp ultimately elects to do uh, because... It's been a good fit here, and he's been on the best power play in the league, which has helped draw. I think he's got, I think off the top of my head, 21 power play. He's either got 21 or 23 power play points, and he's going to win the scoring race for defensive. Into the Oilers now. Injury report brought to you by uh, some of the biggest Oilers fans there are. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown. And the gang at uh, James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. And here's Brendan Escott. Okay, well, Gaetan Haas, uh, Joe Kim Nygaard, they're both day-to-day right now. Chris Russell, we know, is out uh, for this final game here. Elias Pettersson out the final five games for Vancouver. He's had the same injury since March 3rd or 4th, I believe, was his last game. John Carlson is ready to return from his lower body injury for Saturday's uh, season opener against Boston. And Max Patcher Ready has now missed six games in a row for the Golden Knights. Undisclosed ailment there. Uh, the latest of them last night, though, so a bit worrisome for Vegas heading into their postseason. 
The Boomer has texted the show to say, Bob, I think the Oilers are a real good team, but unless our bottom six puts up more points in the playoffs, we're lacking scoring depth. Uh, and God help us if Mike Smith goes down. Anything can happen, though. Holland needs one more summer to make this team elite. That one comes to us from Boomer. Well, Boomer, guess what? This will be the first summer that Ken Holland's got some money. I mean, he knew the situation when he took the job. He tried to make incremental improvement, and he referenced that in virtually every interview that he's done. Now, what's happened here this year, I think, is that we've seen McDavid, Dreisaitl, I mean, Dreisaitl's matched his points per game pace last year. He's at 1.54 last year. I think he's at 1.51 right now. He's plus 31 instead of minus 7. Again, in true 5-on-5 five five situations or two even strength situations last year, Dreisaitl was a plus player. It was empty net goals against and um, shorthanded goals against that killed his plus minus. But he's been every bit as good this year. McDavid has elevated and been better than he was last year. And Nurse is completely a different player this season. It's been an interesting year. It's going to be really intriguing. I think most fans can see where Edmonton's headed. They're headed to a good place. The question is how far will they go in the course of this year's playoffs. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back for Canadian Power Pack with Kevin Weeks. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.